on Coastal Community Church. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining with us today. Can you guys help me have a book? Oh, my goodness. I can't even talk today. Uh, can you guys help me welcome everybody at our Lighthouse Point location? Everybody that's watching online. Man, we love you guys. We're so glad you're joining with us today. As we die, you know, normally we're, in, as a church, we're in series and we're, we're going through a particular topic or a particular book of the Bible. And, and I just want to take a couple of weeks and, and talk to you about some things that maybe have been on my heart over the last little bit that haven't necessarily fit into the direction of where we're going. So if it's okay for, with you guys, I, I'm, I'm just going to talk about whatever I feel like today. Is that cool with y'all? If it's... If it's not okay, I'm, I'm still gonna do it because I have the microphone and that's just kind of how it works. So I, I wanna, why don't you guys grab your worship guides that are on your seats. Why don't you wave them in the air like you just don't care? Come on, come on. Everybody, Parkland, I can see you. I can't see you, Lighthouse Point, but I can see you if you're not here. Sir, right there, I see you. Okay, you're just gonna wave at me. That's weird. Okay. I wanna talk to you today about something that I think that all of us possess, but we haven't yet realized it in life. And I want to talk to you today about an unfair advantage that you have in life. Now, if you don't know what an unfair advantage is, it's typically used in business terms as, as something like a, a company has over their competitors. A lot of times it's used in, in sports as as the Chicago Bulls had an unfair advantage over everybody else in the 90s because they had somebody named Michael Jordan on their team and he's like a cheat code. It was an unfair advantage in life. And, and, and so if you don't know what an unfair advantage is, let me give you, let me give you a, a, a couple of examples. Like, let's just say you're out there and you want to play in the NBA. You wanna be a professional basketball player. Well, do you know that you have a one in four to five million chance of making Making it to the NBA. How many of y'all know that's not a very good statistic out there? Like a one in four and five million chance. Here's the deal. In order to have an unfair advantage, here's an unfair advantage. If you are over seven foot tall, do you know that you don't have a one in four to five million chance of making the NBA? You actually have a one in six chance of making the NBA. It's an unfair advantage to be seven foot tall or above. And so if you're out there, congratulations. Uh, how, how about this one? Uh, another unfair advantage is, is you decide, you know what, I'm going to get healthy. Uh, you, maybe you jump into our healthy uh, nutrition challenge that we've been on as a church. And, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm going to exercise every day and I'm going to eat really good. And, and, and you eat celery for every meal. I mean, like you're grinding it out. You get on the scale at the end of the week. And when you get on the scale, you found that you lost one pound. Then you have that friend, and we all have that friend that they eat garbage. They've never gone to the gym, and at one meal, they decide, you know what? I'm going to get broccoli instead of chili cheese fries, and then at the end of the week, they go and step on the scale, and they've lost five pounds. It's an unfair advantage. It's called metabolism. Some of us are blessed with it. I'm not. How, how about this one? Uh, growing up, Maybe some of you guys experience this. Maybe this is you. But growing up, when it was test time in high school, you had the ability to never study, never do any homework, never pay attention in class. And when test time came, you would show up and ace the test and ruin the curve for the rest of us that, that would study and do our homework and still get a D because you just had an unfair advantage. Like you're naturally 
gifted at memorizing stuff that you don't even know you need to memorize. It's an unfair advantage. And, and here's what I know is, is, is an unfair advantage. This is what it's defined as. It's something or some event that gives you a better chance at success. So I wanna talk to you today about the unfair advantage that you might not even know that you have in your life and I believe that it will help you in your marriage. I believe that it will help you in your career. I believe that it will help you with the calling of God that he has in your life because there is an unfair advantage that you possess that is important for you to recognize because if you don't recognize it, you could be seven foot tall and never know that you have a one in six chance of making it to the NBA because you never realized that this unfair advantage was in your life. And I believe, church, that God brought you to church today, not on accident, but on purpose, because he wants you to recognize the unfair advantage that he has been giving you over everybody else. And what it is, is it's gonna be a perspective shift for a lot of us in life to recognize that we have this unfair advantage. And we're gonna see it through a guy named Joseph. And so if you have a Bible, if you wanna turn to Genesis chapter 37, Joseph, if you don't know, Joseph is one of 12 brothers, and, and he, he has this incredible, incredible story, and he goes, from, he goes from a terrible situation to a great situation, and, and you're going to see this by the end of the story, and you're going to see the unfair advantage that Joseph had in his life. So Genesis chapter 37, starting in verse 5, it says this, Joseph had a dream. Everybody say dream. Come on, say dream. That wasn't everybody. Dream. dream. One more time. Dream. I can see your mouse not moving. I'm on the count of three. That was good, uh, ma'am, right there. I appreciate you just, you just going for it. One, two, three. Dream. Much better. Dream. And this is important because I believe that God has put a dream inside of every one of our hearts. I believe there's a dream for your destiny. There's a dream for your marriage. There's a dream for your children. There's a dream for that career. God has put some dreams in your heart. And here's what I know about all of us. Life has happened. And there have some, been some difficulties. There have been some obstacles. There have been some opposition that has come up against you. And for a lot of us, that has kind of hindered our dream. But I am so grateful that I am in a church full of people that are still full of dreams, that they believe that God still has their best for their future, that there is still more for their marriage, that there's more for their children. Like they've not given up on their dream. And the reason they haven't given up is we dream big because we have a big God. That's why we continue to dream because we, we have big dreams because we serve a big God. And I don't know what it is that you have settled for in your life today, but I just want to challenge you, church. Dream again. Amen. Dream again. Don't let the frustration and the apprehension and the difficulties continue to push you back away from your dreams. Dream again. Like, I love that people still have dreams here. In, in fact, it reminds me uh, of, of the show Pinky and the Brain from the Animaniacs. Any of you guys remember that show? They're, like, there was something about that show, something that I love that, that every day, Pinky, when they would wake up, he would ask Brain the same question every single day. Pinky would say to the Brain, he would say, Brain, what are we gonna do today? And Brain would always answer, we're gonna go and try and take over the world. And I love that Coastal Community Church is filled with people that are full of dreams that they want to go and take over the world for Jesus' name and for his renown. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. I believe the world's changed because of God's people. 
And so Joseph has this dream, and I'm just gonna give you the end of the story, because 13 years later, he ends up going and becoming the second in command of all of Egypt. And let me just give you a picture, because he goes from dreamer to destiny in 13 years. And you think about that, and you go, what would have given him an advantage over all of his other 12 brothers? What would have given him an advantage over all the other people to go from dream to destiny. And so if you get in this mode of trying to figure out like what was the, what was the difference maker in Joseph's life, if you are careful, you'll read the story and you'll think the reason he was able to go from dream to destiny, it, the, the unfair advantage that he had is something that was given to him instead of something that he actually went through. Because what you'll look at is you'll look at Genesis chapter 37, verse five, and you'll go, it, it says, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. So it's an advantage. Because it had been born to him in his old age, he made him an ornate robe for him. And so he has the upper hand. He's already more loved than all the other siblings. Not only is he more loved, but his dad shows that affection by going, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you something symbolic of how much I love you. The Bible calls it the coat of many colors. And so he gets this coat, and he's probably walking around thinking, man, like I'm better than everybody else. Like I've got, I, I was chosen. Like I'm somebody special. And if we aren't careful because of what somebody has put into our hand and into our life, we'll have this attitude of entitlement in life where we think, well, I was the top of my class, so I deserve success. Well, I was my dad's favorite, so I deserve to achieve in life. And, and, and let me just tell you, that is not the reason you will ever be a success in life. Let me just tell you, that's not how life actually works. What I've realized about this story is it's not because he got a coat of many colors that he was successful. Like the coat did not secure his success. And what you understand is when you're going to move towards your destiny is you aren't going to get there because of something that someone gave you. You're going to get there because of something that you've been willing to go through in life. Because here's what I've learned about God. God doesn't usually promote through people, but through problems. Like your promotion isn't coming through a person, it's coming through a problem. And the problem today is everybody is walking around going, man, I wanna be discovered. I, wa I want people to see that I'm something special. Somebody tell me how great I am. Listen, you don't need anybody to tell you how great you are because your God has already said that you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen. Like, I don't need special treatment for special people because I got a God who's already called me. He's already, he's already confirmed who I am. And I don't need anybody to tell me I'm great to do something great with my life. You want to do something great in your life? You got to be willing to roll up your sleeves and go, God, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody says about me. I'm going to be willing to go through whatever you're going to put me through to get to that greatness. So the unfair advantage in life is not the fact that something was given to him. And that should be an encouragement for a lot of us. Because for a lot of us, nothing's been given to us. Man, we've had to hustle. We've had to grind. We've had to work harder than everybody else. Because nothing was handed to us. But I'm telling you, God has got something amazing in store for your life. To go from your dream to your destiny. I'm going to show you some unfair advantages 
that Joseph had that you've probably experienced in your life, you've just never recognized that they're actually an advantage for, you, for your life. In fact, you've looked at them and you've looked at them as setbacks. You've looked at them as frustrations. In fact, you've said to a lot of these things, this is just so unfair. You've looked at that situation and you go, this isn't fair. And when you look at everybody else, you go, why is it that they have everything so easy? Come on, we all do it because we all do the comparison game. You look at my, guy, my life and you go, like, he has it so easy. Why is my life such a struggle? Why is it so unfair to me? But the word of the Lord for somebody here today is, is what you thought has been unfair is actually going to become your unfair advantage to take you from your dream to your destiny when you start to see it. So let me show you some unfair advantages that Joseph had to walk through that I'm going to guess you've probably walked through as well, starting in verse five, it said, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they celebrated him because that's what brothers do. Like, they, they threw a party and said, man, Joseph, that's an awesome dream. Let's get on board. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that the people closest to you, when you start to tell them the God-sized dream in your heart, all of a sudden they start hating on you. They start thinking, man, you're just an achiever. You just want power. You just want control. Because here's what I realized, that anytime that you want to do something great for God, haters are going to show up in your life. Like, and if you're not experiencing, if you're like, oh, Pastor TJ, I, I don't experience any hate. Everybody loves me. That's because you're not doing anything great for God. Just being honest. And what does it say? It says they hated him all the more. Then you jump down to verse 24. It says, then they took him and they cast him into a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. You ever been rejected to the point that you feel like you're in the pit? Where you just heaped so much abuse has been on you, so much neglect has been on you, so much rejection has happened in your life that you're like, you just brought this place where you're just frustrated. You're like, man, I'm just in a pit. And listen, rejection is so unfair. But unfair advantage number one is rejection. If you ever feel like you've been rejected in life, that person walked out of your life, that boss fired you, you were overlooked for the promotion, they chose the other person instead of you. I want you to know biblically that being rejected is an unfair advantage over every single person that's been accepted. In fact, you look at the very first thing that happened to Joseph when he received the dream was rejection from his brothers. See, this is what I've learned is man's direction will always move you in God's direction. Come on, that's better preaching than you're responding right there. Some of y'all need to hear that today. Man's rejection will always lead you in God's direction. Because a lot of us want the destiny and a lot of us want greatness, but we don't want the rejection. But you look throughout scriptures and any time somebody was given a dream of something great, what transpired right after that man's rejection? In fact, you look at the savior of the world, Jesus Christ, when he did the most significant thing on this life where he went to the cross and paid for your sins and mine on Calvary. How did he get there? Through his closest friend's Rejection. So if you feel like you've been rejected and man, you're just going, it's unfair, you need to flip the switch and change your perspective and get your shoulders up and your back up and your head held high because if man has rejected you, it's God's way of directing you into the destiny that he actually has for your life. 
Like Joseph would have never ended up in Egypt without the rejection of his brothers. What they do, they took him and threw him in the pit. And here's what I know. When you're in the pit, it's the pits. It's terrible. It's not fun. And some of you guys are in a season where you're in the pits. And I just want to let you know the pit is a part of your story, but it's not the end of your story. It's not the end of your story. I know that you feel like this is going to last forever, but you won't be in that place forever. It's a pit, but it's just a pit stop for you. It's a pit stop for God to do some things in your life and get you going on the way that you're going towards the destiny that he has for your life. The Bible actually says it like this. So, so if you go to the end of the 13 years, he ends up second in command of all of Egypt. At year 17, his brothers show up on the scene. And, and when they show up on the scene, you would think this is the moment for me to get retaliation. This is the moment for me to show them what's up. But here's what happened, because Joseph had the right perspective of the rejection. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You're going to be able to look back at that ex that, that dropped you like you were hot and you were going to say, man, thank you so much for breaking up with me because of you breaking up with me, I got an upgrade in this spouse that's way better than you would have ever been. Praise the Lord. That boss that fired you that you thought, oh man, what am I going to do? Is put me in a bad spot. No, no, no. You're going to realize that it was an upgrade for you to go out and start that business that's going to take you to the next level in your financial world. What the enemy intended to harm you with, God is going to use in your life. You don't believe me? Like God is faithful to use rejection. I, I, I think back to when I was a kid, I actually ended up getting kicked out of elementary school for beating kids up. I know that it's hard to believe. I was a very, very aggressive child. I had a lot of anger. And uh, I actually got kicked out because I ended up throwing this kid in a trash can. And that was like the thing that, that set it off during recess. And so I got rejected. And my parents went to go put me in other schools. And when, it, when they were trying to take me to other schools, no school would accept me. There's only one school that would accept me. and It was a Christian school. Because when you're a Christian, you've got to take bad people. That's part, of, that's part of the deal. You're like to love others as you love yourself. And what's interesting is my family was not Christians. But here's what we didn't realize is that man's rejection caused me to be in Bible class every single week where I was having to memorize scripture every single week for the next eight years of my life. That I was learning all of these stories that would eventually lead me to the place where I'm at today because man's direction is guiding you towards God's direction. And somebody needs to understand that God has got a direction for your life. So don't, don't worry when the hater is going to hate because God's going to take you someplace great. That rhymed. That was cool. <laughs> this past week, or a little while ago, I was watching this National Geographic show and it was on the, the country of New Zealand, which is an island. And uh, it was really interesting because they were talking about the birds of New Zealand. And uh, the birds in New Zealand are really, really interesting because there are birds everywhere on the island of New Zealand. The problem is, is that all the birds have the capability of flying, just none of them fly. And, you're, and, and so like when you go there, you would look and you would see like birds everywhere, but none of them ever take flight. And you go, that's really odd. And so they, they were talking about this and they said, what's interesting about 
the country of New Zealand is there is not a natural predator on the ground for the birds. And because there's not a natural predator on the ground for the birds, the birds just figured like, I don't, I don't ever have to take flights because there's nothing here that can ever attack me. And so generation of generation of generation of birds have never moved and, and, and they've never had a reason to get off the ground. And let me just encourage somebody here today. God has never called anyone to stay grounded. He, he, maybe he has put those offenders and those people that have rejected you in your life to actually have you take some flight to get to the next level in your life so you can get a greater perspective of what God wants to do in your life. I, I, I'm preaching so good, I'm losing my voice right now. So, some people better start shouting me down or I'm just gonna completely lose it. So the story goes, he gets rejected by his brothers and sent to Egypt where he gets purchased as a slave and, and, and he works in this guy named Potiphar's house. Chapter 39, it says this, when his master saw that the Lord was with him, the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Notice it didn't say that Joseph complained about the situation he was in. It said it gave him success and Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted everything that he owned to his care. Why was he successful in everything that he did? And Joseph had this unfair advantage that, that you and I have available to us every single day. Unfair advantage number two is simply hard work. He, he understood that hard work is an unfair advantage. It will separate you from everybody else out there. And listen, I know it's not a fun topic to talk about, and I'm probably gonna step on some people's toes here today because nobody wants to work right now in America, but it's an unfair advantage. Like, a lot of us, we just want... Here, can you just hand me greatness and I'll take it? But greatness is never handed to anybody. It is always worked for. So if you're gonna do anything great for God, you gotta learn to roll up your sleeves and go put in the grind and put in the hard work. But TJ, TJ, this isn't the job that I dreamed of. You think that was Joseph's favorite job right there? Being a slave? No, but what'd he do? He worked as hard as he could. Yeah. And there's something about the faithfulness of God when it combines with our hard work that just does amazing things in our lives. In fact, Gordon B. Hinckley said it like this, work without vision is drudgery. Vision without work is dreaming. Work plus vision, this is destiny. You wanna, you wanna see your destiny come to fruition? You put some hard work and that vision together and you start working. And, I, and listen to me, church. I think Christians should, like our workplaces should look at us and go, that's the best worker I have. They should be looking at our life and going, man, these Christians, I don't know what's up with them. They just outwork everybody. And here's why. Not because you're working for them, but because you understand Colossians 3, where it says, wherever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for that boss, 
not for that Fortune 500 company, but you're working for God. And Joseph, he gets to this place where he imagines, man, I've got this dream, I've got this destiny. And then he realizes the way that that dream and that destiny is gonna come is it's gonna come through the secret of hard work. Some of you all are like, but, but TJ, nobody notices me. Let me give you some advice. You wanna be a noticed? Show up early. Stay late. Man, why don't, why don't, you, why don't you get some, some, some fortitude and take some initiative in your job? Why don't you show up to your boss and go, hey, what is it that I can take off your plate to make your life easier? All of a sudden, you'll get noticed. Why? Because people notice good old-fashioned hard work. And here's the deal about your hard work. Matthew 6, 14 says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God will promote you. That's his job. He'll bless you. Everybody is waiting around from a promotion from man. We should be looking for a promotion from God in our life. I'm gonna be faithful and I'm gonna do some hard work and I'm gonna see how God shows up and promotes me. And so Joseph shows up and he gets promoted because of the hard work he does. Because listen, if you feel like nobody else is noticing, if you, don't feel like, if you don't feel like anybody else sees your work, God sees your work. And he is faithful. And if he hasn't promoted you yet, you keep being diligent. You keep being faithful. And in due season, in due season, he will bless your life. So here's the next unfair advantage. Verse six, it says, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. That's not the unfair advantage, but that's awesome if you're that. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. Then in verse 12, it says, she caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. I think Joseph has something to teach us here today in a world where everybody is looking to get ahead cut corners, do whatever it takes, sleep with whatever it takes to get to the top, where they're willing to cheat on their taxes to get ahead. God says it this way, like, here is your unfair advantage, number three, it's about living with integrity. If you'll just get a little bit of integrity and you'll keep your word. Listen, if you say, I'm gonna go to church at 11.30, Brazilians, all my Spanish friends, all my white people, all my African-American and Ireland friends. That doesn't mean 1145. Get off some toes right here. It means 1130. That's called integrity. Well, that's cultural. No, no, no. That's called laziness. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'll just deliver. I don't kill the messenger. I'm just bringing the message. When you go to McDonald's and you ask for water, you don't go to the soda fountain and get a Sprites. Integrity. Listen. If there's no ringing, there's no dinghy. Integrity, values, character. 
Translation is going to be interesting on that. <laughs> Here's why. Proverbs 22, 1, it says, A good name, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. The number one pursuit you should have in your life right now is a good name, a good reputation, good character. Like you're the real deal on the stage and behind the scenes. Like there is no differentiating in who you are. And here's the deal. If you'll be a person of integrity when no one else is looking, it will give you an unfair advantage over everybody else in this world. Because I know way too many people. I've seen way too many pastors. I've watched way too many business people. I've watched way too many husbands and way too many wives who want the dream, but they don't want it, want it when it comes to having integrity, actually living and playing out in their lives. And what will happen is that talent will take you to the destiny, but your character can't keep you there. And I'm watching a lot of people get to stages that their talent took them to, and then I'm watching them crash because in the season where they need to work on their character, they were working on their exterior. And Joseph, man, man, he was working on his interior all the time. He's going, man, I, I've made a decision in my life. So when, when, the, when Hotifer goes up and says, hey, let's sleep together, he drops the cloak and he runs. Some of us, we need to learn the art of running from temptation in life. That's why 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, flee sexual immorality. I'm not talking about sex. I'm just, he's teaching us a principle. Flee, run, get out of situations that are cause you to compromise your character. Like you don't want to drink. You don't go hang out at the club with your friends. Like you don't make a decision how far is too far in the backseat of the car. I love what Billy Graham said. He said it like this. Integrity is the glue that holds our way of life together. We must constantly strive to keep our integrity intact. Wealth is lost. Nothing is lost. Health is lost. Something is lost. But when character is lost, all is lost. The greatest unfair advantage you can have, and it's unfair because you can't go out and have all the fun that your friends are having, and you're gonna look at that and go, that's unfair. You're gonna go, that, that's not fair, I wanna do that right now, but here's what I know, there's a law and a principle called sowing and reaping. Like they're having their fun today, that's their advantage, and it seems unfair to you right now, but here's what I know, you choosing to live with integrity and character will pay massive dividends further down the road because you chose to live with character and integrity when others chose for the here and the now. So let me close out this story. Joseph is on this 13-year journey. He gets the dream, he goes from the dream to the pit, from the pit to Potiphar's house. And from Potiphar's house, this is what happens in verse 20. It says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Now the prison, it represents the moments of, of those seasons where it's dark, the, those times where you aren't there yet, where, where you are confined and you can't break out and you feel like there is no breakthrough. All I'm doing is I'm hitting wall after wall after wall. And a lot of you guys, if I had to guess, would, you would say, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm stuck. 
And that's a lot of our seasons right now. And what Joseph did while he was in prison, he did something unique. It says, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. And here's what I want you to know. If you're in a waiting season right now and you think you're all alone, that you've been abandoned, that nobody else is with you, I want you to know the Lord is with you. Like the Lord has never left you. He's never forsaken you. In fact, he's right there with you. It says in Isaiah 41.10, this isn't anything, that we're being upheld in God's righteous right hand. When we feel like we're not being held at all, he's holding us. It says he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. So Joseph even makes the most in the waiting season. And here's my advice for somebody that's out there today. Right after this season, right behind the scenes, Pharaoh is having a dream and nobody can interpret it. And finally his cupbearer goes, man, I remember this guy in prison. His name was Joe. Like he could do some pretty cool stuff. And, 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 and he ends up getting called before Pharaoh and he interprets the dream. And, and Pharaoh sees the wisdom that he has and the integrity that he has and the character that he has. And he goes, man, I'm gonna put you in second in command of all of Egypt. It's an amazing story. In fact, I would encourage you to go back and read it on your own. And the Bible tells us that Joseph goes from the prison to the palace in a second. Now here's what's interesting in our day and age today. What happens is when something really miraculous like that happens where you go from, from one stage of life to the next stage of life, people look at you and they go, oh, you're an overnight success. No, 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 you didn't see the 13 years of hell that I just went through to become an overnight success in your eyes. And here is the greatest unfair advantage that you've got to realize. And I believe that you'll win if you do this one in life. And it's just unfair advantage number four, not quitting. It's just not quitting. Why? Because the time you get to the place where it's the darkest and it's the most frustrating, and it feels like there is no breakthrough, that is the place where the rest of the world throws in the towel. That's the place where the rest of the world goes, I'm done, I'm over it. And what they do is they settle for a life of mediocrity. They settle for a life of average rather than not quitting. And your unfair advantage is when it gets tough, when it gets to this place where no one else sees me, where it gets to this place where I'm not yet in the palace yet, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just not going to quit. I'm just not going to give up the dream in this moment. And here is what I believe. And I have a word for somebody here today. You're going, I don't, God, I don't know why you haven't taken me out of this prison yet. It's probably because he's doing something in you in that prison that, that rather than something through you that he wants to do in the palace. And until you allow him to do the thing in the prison, he can't take you to the palace. So I want to challenge you. If the dream is not in a mature state yet, it's probably because you're not either. So let God do his work right now. 
Allow him to work on the areas of your character, your work ethic, your integrity. Let him move in those areas so that you're ready for all that he has for you to do. And so, so if you're not there yet, just don't quit. You keep working on that marriage. You keep going to that counselor. You keep pursuing that career. You keep running after the things of God. And you will win this thing if you just don't quit. I was reminded this week as I was at a dinner with a guy, we started talking about life. And back in 1998, uh, my, my parents loved to invest in me. And uh, so they were big Tony Robbins fans. And so they, they sent me to some Tony Robbins things. And I remember going to this one particular event. It was called Wealth Mastery. And he was teaching you how to build generational wealth and how to invest in real estate, how to invest in the stock market, how to do all those things. And as an 18-year-old kid, it's a great, great opportunity for you to learn at that age. And so I was taking it in. And, and at the end of the event, he, he goes, hey, I want to give you some, some tips of some things that I think are, are potential great buys for you. And at the time, I had about $2,000 to my name. And, and uh, he, he goes, here, here are two companies. I, I, I didn't understand what they did, so I don't invest in things that I don't understand. But he said, there's this other company, and, and, and it's, it's a search engine. It's called Yahoo.com. This is right before the dot-com boom that was about to happen. And he says, man, I think that they just released their IPO. I think that this is a great company to invest in. I was like, man, I understand the internet. I'm 18. I'm using the internet to cheat in school. It's awesome. And uh, just being honest, and... Uh, and so, like, I'm like, man, I, like, I take my $2,000, I, I invest it in my Merrill Lynch account, I, I buy stock, I go off to this internship, I spend the next year there working like a dog, paying for this internship. When I get out, I, I, I reacquaint myself with Shayla, and I realize, man, I want to marry this girl. The problem is, is I'm broke. And I'm scrounging for money to buy an engagement ring. When I have this revelation, I'm like, oh yeah, I invested some money in this company called Yahoo. Let me go see what's happened over the last year and a half. And I went and checked the account and my money had doubled. I was like, this is awesome. I'm gonna buy a great engagement ring. And I cashed out. And I went and I made the best decision I've ever made in my life. And that's to marry my wife, Shayla. But then this week, I, I was like, I wonder what would have happened if I wouldn't have cashed out. <laughs> Anybody ever have that? And so I, I went, I went and, and I looked and I saw that the stock had split multiple times with three for ones and two for ones and four for ones. And I started calculating, like, how much stock would I have? And, and if I would have sold this past week, like, where, where would I have been? And when I calculated it, I, I realized that it was $2.8 million dollars. Shayla, you are worth every penny of that. Every penny, babe. That's not the point of my story, but I just want to give a prophetic word because I'm doing a lot of it here today for somebody out there. Don't cash out on that dream that God has in your heart. I know it may seem like it's not going anywhere, I know it may seem like it's frustrating right now. I know it may seem like you're not, you're not getting any breakthrough, but let me encourage you today, church. You hold on to the promises of God. You hold on. If he said it, he will fulfill it. You dream again, you believe again, you trust again, you hold on to that dream. And if you don't quit, he who promised is faithful to complete it. If you don't quit. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me?
God, I'm so thankful that you're not done with us yet. So thankful that, that even though you're not done with us yet, you're dealing with some things in our life. And some of us, we've dealt with some rejection. We've, some of us have dealt with some, some work issues or we're working on our character and our integrity. And, and we just feel like we're in this waiting season. And, and God, I just pray right now that you would give people the grace to endure that waiting season. God, that you would give them the ability and the strength to deal with and thrive in the difficult seasons of life. That, that Lord, we believe that if we don't quit, that everything that has been unfair in our life, the abuse, the rejection, the neglect, the hard work that hasn't been noticed, the, the things that you will use it for our advantage. God, and I pray you just do that here today. But I also know that there's some people here that you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know that you can. It starts, you can have it right here, right now. And you say, well, TJ, what do I have to do? You have to give your life to Jesus. The greatest unfair advantage that you will ever have in your life is having the God of the universe on your side. And it begins with a simple yet significant prayer of surrender going, God, Thank you for the incredible gift of your son who came to this earth and paid the ultimate price, the price of death on the cross for my sins, for my mistakes, for my screw-ups, who died and rose three days later so I could experience life and have it more abundantly. And it's you choosing to surrender to him so you can be in relationship with the greatest advantage that you ever have, the God of the universe. And if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, you would say, you know what, Pastor TJ, I need that advantage in my life. I need that relationship. On the count of three, if you just slip your hand up, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Yes, yes, two. Anybody else? Yes, I see you right there. Three, thank you. Yes, four, thank you. Anybody else? Lighthouse Point. Yes, five over there. Thank you. If you'll pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you for giving me the greatest advantage I could ever have, the gift of your son. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present, and secure my future. Come into my heart, take over my life. I surrender my will, I surrender my way. I ask you not just to be my savior, but to be my Lord. Lead God and direct me and give me the advantage of knowing you all the days of my life. God, I surrender to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.